Bienvenidos y welcome. <laughs> welcome to another witch podcast. My name's Ada. And I'm Alan. And uh, this episode's going to be a lot of fun. We're, we have an item of the episode. We have cosmic news. Uh, the topic today. Ooh, what's the topic today? We're going to talk about the word witch and what that means to people and how... Mm-hmm. You know, because I think we have to address it based on some of our feedback. You know, why Another Witch Podcast? Like, And you know, re- some recent anecdotal things that have happened in your life. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like addressing the word witch is important and we're going to do that today. And we're also going to be giving you some insight on a tower reading based off of this coming up, upcoming full moon. So stay tuned. In cosmic news... We are seven days into Mercury Retrograde. How are you guys holding up? <laughs> I'm surviving, I think. Are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I mean, I think it's so easy to um, misinterpret intention. Like, I don't mm. think what I'm discovering um, about this particular Mercury Retrograde and the heightened sense of awareness is that it's not what people are saying that's misinterpreted. It's the intention behind it sometimes that's misinterpreted. So, like, why they said it or what they meant. Yeah. Not the words themselves. I agree. I think a lot of people are definitely misinterpreting things that uh, otherwise would be said in a lighter kind of context. Right. Like, why are they heavy? I agree. Like, what is the weight that is added by Mercury retrograde mm-hmm. that is all of a sudden like, oh, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, how are you? And it's like, what do you mean, how am I? Right, like, who told you? Like, what do you know? <laughs> Did you talk to Lisa? Like, what? <laughs> exactly, exactly. In other cosmic news, the sun is still in Scorpio. Um, and the full moon is on Tuesday the 12th. So right now it's the waxing gibbous in Pisces, which will be in Aries by Friday, November 8th. Mm-hmm. So you have about six days to prepare for the full moon. And we'll, we're going to get into a little bit of that later on during the ritual portion of our episode. But it's just good to keep that in mind that you have this time right now with the waxing gibbous. So he and I were talking about the full moon will be in Taurus, right? So what does that mean? Taurians are known for stability. They're financially conservative. Um, They make really smart money moves. So we think we basically call this moon like the money moon, right? So it's like this full moon in Taurus is like a money moon. Really good for any financial planning. Really good for um, investments. Especially for... As you're saying investments, we're talking about long-term money uh, goals. Not something that's like a quick fix of like, I want some cash coming in really fast. Touring energy, are they're really good for having very stable finances. So this is the kind of energy that we're kind of wanting to bring in. Right. And Taurians are fixed sign. Taurus is a fixed sign, right? So that means that they're a bit stubborn. Super steadfast. So, like, once you kind of, like, plant this seed, like, once you not plant the seed, but once you're kind of like, okay, big moon magic, full moon, money moon, like, this is what I'm working on, like, rest assured 
that Taurus energy is so stubborn that it's kind of like you give them the ball, they are taking it to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Do you like my football reference? That was a great football reference. I haven't watched a game in years, but <laughs> I'm assuming that's still a thing. <laughs> I don't think they've changed the rules. No. Okay, fantastic. It's like watching General Hospital. You can watch it tomorrow and, and know exactly story. what's going on. Yeah. Perfect. I love how I went from football to soap operas. That's my life in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. So um, let's jump right into the topic of the episode. Oh, yes. What is a witch? What's the big deal about using the word witch? Exactly. So what I loved is this was actually inspired by a conversation that I had recently. Um, I won't name names, but it was not the most pleasant. <laughs> and so it inspired, but it was inspirational. So I guess message received. Um, and it kind of took me down this path. So I decided to Google the word witch. And this is what Google says. A woman thought to have magic powers, especially evil ones, popularly depicted as wearing a black cloak and pointed hat and flying on a broomstick. In all fairness, I do know some witches that are like that. I mean, I myself enjoy <laughs> that attire, but to say that, um, especially an evil one is in there, like, so mm. if they're a witch, they're like an evil woman automatically. Automatically, yeah. And so then the informal, which is my favorite, the informal definition, an ugly or unpleasant woman. Like the Halloween witch. Like the women that they um, burned at the stake and hung from trees in Salem. Mm-hmm. You know? Old crones, right. big noses, warts right. and stuff. They were unpleasant. They were cranky, crickety old women that were like, I'm not fucking with you. Leave me alone. You can't have my property. Like, I'm just trying I to mind my business. Shit, like, Get off my They were really lawn. just trying to live their life independently, do things separate from a guy, and they just were automatically seen as... Being witches. Problematic. Independent women were independent women at any stage are problematic, I, I suppose. <laughs> that's the that's basically what um, that means. And so when I Google this, obviously to me this definition is super problematic. You know, I don't like it. And I think when people identify the word witch in a negative way, like when they see it and they automatically have these connotations and these predisposed notions, it instantly um, creates this negative air around the word and the practice. And mm. so today's episode, we are going to dig into that. Yeah. In honor of Mercury Retrograde, we've decided to choose Sodalite as the item of the episode. Yes, item of the episode. Item of the episode. Item of the episode. I think we should come <laughs> up with jingles for every single segment. That we, we will. Have. It'll be great and everyone's going to love it. And if you don't love it, get your own podcast. Exactly. <laughs> So why do you think sodalite is such a good thing to have during Mercury Retrograde, Ada? Well, the energy that vibrates off of sodalite is really good for communication. So it's going to help with your, um, like we were saying in Cosmic News, it's going to help when you are communicating to be understood. So it's not just about articulation, but it's also about understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about understanding and it's definitely about... Bringing about the communication and opening up that throat chakra, right? Which is blue. The exactly. color of the chakra is mm-hmm. blue, actually, too. Mm-hmm. And it's really good for bringing about that kind of uh, energy for you to be able to open up and make sure that nothing gets misinterpreted, like we mentioned before. 
Totally, totally. And so wear it um, as a tumbled stone in your pocket. You can get sodalite earrings. Um, Maybe like a sodalite necklace too to even have closer to your Perfect. Neck. Yes, like a pendant. Uh, also, keeping it real, like I have a sodalite bowl, like a little crystal bowl that I smoke weed out of sometimes. And it, it's good for communication, right? So like mm-hmm. the smoke is passing through. It's te- It's like plant magic therapy in a way because mm. you're smoking it you're, as you inhaling it it's passing through your throat into your lungs coming back out so it's like clearing your Whoa, breath that's it's, intense yeah yeah it's calming it's clearing it's passing through this crystal to get into your lungs so it's a it's kind of cool i mean technically you could smoke tobacco out of it as well um i don't mm-hmm. but um yeah so you can do you can wear sodalate so many different ways and the great thing about sodalite too is that it's such a common crystal or stone to find. So you can go to your local crystal shop and they're most most often than not, they're you're gonna find sodalite. There yeah, and in also, some form. I agree. And also they're inexpensive. Sodalite That's is right. abund it's an abundant stone. So it's not you can get a cute tumble for just a couple of dollars. So get yourself some sodalite. This Mercury retrograde, you have until November 22nd, but or November, November 20th. November 20th, yes. Do not add two more days. Do not <laughs> Let's need not. Yeah. Either way, even if you don't have it for this Mercury retrograde, get yourself some because we are in Mercury retrograde on a regular basis. That's a fact. That's a fact. And so. in, a, in the modern age and techno- all the technology that we have available, communication at the speed of light, you mm-hmm. know, doesn't leave a lot of room for understanding and... Um, articulation and interpretation like it's kind of like things are sent instantly received instantly and half the time people have their mind made up before they understood what they read or heard so i I think that's important so you can really use it anytime but buy it now now. (laughs) get it now (laughs) who's your favorite witch oh my god what a loaded question um are we talking like a fake witch, a real witch, a TV personality, like... Well, let's start off with with uh, maybe like a TV witch and then move on to real witch. Okay, okay. Fair. Um, I mean, I feel like it's cliche, but I love me some Samantha and Dora, like from Bewitched. I mm. love their relationship. Dora was hilarious. And Samantha was always like trying to acclimate to a world that she, like, she didn't have to acclimate mm-hmm. to. So it was like ironic and cute. Um... So I love her on television if I had to pick a TV witch. And then a real witch. Oh my gosh. So I have like a little list. But um, a Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. Love her, right? For all intents, like her music, like her mood, vibe, everything. Love, love, love. Uh, Celia Cruz, who is less, like isn't probably isn't really considered a witch. But if you know anything about her music, if you've studied her movements or any of that kind of thing, how could she not have been? You know, a curandera, like a, she was a healer. Like her voice brought people together. She was transcendent. I can go on and on. But I like that the her. people that you've picked so far, even the fictional witches like Samantha and Endora, but now even moving on to Stevie Nicks and Celia Cruz are individuals whose, uh, I guess, energies are very attractive. Like they're very mm, pulling, interesting. you know, mm-hmm. Samantha had her quirkiness and her charm in that show. And Endora was, you know, an extravagant character with mm, the way that, that she was dressed and yes. her makeup and her lines. Mm-hmm. And then you have Stevie Nicks where, you know, she's witchy woman, you know, with her music yeah, totally. and full 
you know, I think... Full on. Yeah, full on with, like, the White Witch, right? Yes, And then Celia Cruz and her voice, which is monumental, legendary. Everything. Nobody can ever, I don't think, ever really imitate her as good. No, not the way she chants. Like, and I think that's one of the reasons that maybe, like, on paper she's not a witch, but... If you listen to her, yeah, because I don't know, because the moment I start hearing kimbari kimbari kuma kimbamba kimbari, I like my my body starts shaking yes. and, and convulsing, and I'm like, oh La no, rumba. oh no, it's it's calling me, it's calling yes. me. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I agree, I agree. The way she says azúcar is like everything. Right, right. my yeah. ears go up. It's true. She's it's got like, me at attention. Time. I'm like, okay, all right, we're yes. ready. It's the original formation, like that Beyonce's <laughs> formation. The original was Kimbara. When Celia hit Kimbara, everybody be like, oh, you just right. be like, oh shit. Really, really short anecdote though. There was really a time that I was at a New Year's party. And it was mostly Cuban, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually for Cuban lions. There's like it's like some social club or something that Cuban exists. lions. That sounds it's, sexy. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it exists like I don't know. They they exist all around, and and I think like one of their major places over here in New Jersey because there's like a big Cuban community in Hudson County. But um, I went to an event, and it was their New Year's, and the ball had dropped, and all of a sudden. Some music like that came on, and I, I don't remember if it was specifically Celia Cruz, but it probably was. Aura, no lie, I thought people were like entranced. I love like it. they just started moving and nobody talking to each other, nobody even looking at each other. Mm-hmm. They just started dancing individually out of nowhere, people just popping out of their chairs. And I just looked at my cousin who I was with and we just like, we're looking in awe. Like what just happened? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the rumor was, the rumor was that she was like a witch, like that she was, you know, uh, into that because they were like, you know, there's that combination of her, her frequency, like the way she chanted, the way she sang, her drum work, her extravagant outfits. Like she was giving you character. She was giving you deity. Mm-hmm. She was giving you ceremony. She was serving the people. And I don't know who wrote her songs or if she wrote them herself, but there was even a song I still remember called El Yerberito Moderno that would talk about all these herbs. And it was talking about an herbalist guy who would come into town and be like, I have like this herb for that. And like, there's even a sign where she would. A line where she says, um, traigo abre camino. Mm, and that's abre camino is a road opener. Yeah. And so, and that's used a lot for making spiritual paths and all this other stuff for yeah. opening your paths. Right. So, I don't know if she's the lyricist or the right. songwriter, but, but somebody was dropping gems. Exactly. But see, <laughs> and I think, and I think that's so, um, I'm glad you brought that up because so the word witch, right? Nobody called her that. No. But in some of her songs, some of her practices, like I would say some of her music is just as witchy as Stevie Nicks' music. Yeah. It's just less uh, direct. It was more like it, had, it was a little more... I know what you mean. I don't know how to explain I it. I think like, I know what you mean. It had more of an island vibe Stevie or something. Nicks, yeah. Stevie Nicks had that mystical sounding type. Of, she has. Yeah. That mystical sounding yes, type of Yes, thank God. Please. Where's, yeah, where's no. Stevie? Somebody call her. Check up on her. I'm knocking on one right now. And, uh, <laughs> like, wait. No, I'm not ready. Somebody I'm not ready. Check up on her. You really said that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so. Call on call cousin Stevie. Call cousin Stevie. But uh, 
Yeah, with with Celia Cruz, like her, even like I guess the majority of her lyrics or her songs were not revolving around anything spiritual like or anything like that, but it still had that rhythm, that beat, those drums and all this other stuff 100%. that was just like calling you calling you spirit totally 100 percent. i love it and i think stevie did too like i think stevie the way she holds a note that she's calling she would call you in like with Mm -hmm. her music you know so celia's definitely those are my girls and i also when i so i went to new orleans this year for the first time and learned about marie laveau yeah um you know, locally, because I've read stories, but like when you hear like the local folklore and the stories, it's incredible. Um, and I love everything I hear about her. So I love that, you know, she was born with some privilege and definitely like used it to help people and used it to like teach the slaves how to practice their magic, like under the guise of Catholicism. And, you know, she really modernized, like she is the reason that hoodoo exists and like the way she presented it, like invited people to practice safely, you know. And that's such a big thing I think about when it comes to at least my definition of what um, a witch is. Because what you just said about how she used what she had to help out other people and help out the community, mm-hmm. that's essentially what a witch has always been been really exactly before it was you know bastardized mm-hmm. and given this really bad kind of connotation to it and everything right, right. but witches were healers in the community they yeah. they were the wise people of the community mm-hmm. people went to them for mm-hmm. remedies or guidance and all of these other things yeah and that's True. exactly what marie laveau was doing 100 percent. so when did that change I think it changed. I mean, even during the Marie Laveau's time, I think at that point, which the idea of which was already a bad thing. Yeah, no, it was right? illegal. For it, sure. was, it was illegal to practice witchcraft in New Orleans because New Orleans, New Orleans being a French colony, yeah. was predominantly Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so actually, the Catholic Church and the rise of Catholicism. I'm not going to blame Christianity because Christianity has developed over time but catholicism was really like trying to rule with an iron fist and mandate so many changes they are it is it was a patriarchal movement it was a a man-centric movement right Mm -hmm. so the idea of the the witch the healer the medicine woman the the sage and the magi etc was that was the spiritual leader in a lot of ways the high priestess was a spiritual leader in tribal you know in community mm-hmm. and so when the catholic church was coming in they were like all right we got to shut this all the way down yeah there needed to be like a separate body of people mm-hmm. that were initiated specifically to give that type of guidance and right. it couldn't be in that same role as what a witch or high priestess was or any of these other things exactly especially if they were trying to come in with like a new idea of religious practice or whatever right exactly so early on you know and this is all researchable obviously i always i always tell people do your research but from my research it's been you know all these pagan ideals were adapted into early catholicism and christianity to appease people that had practices that 
Christianity wouldn't fit into. Mm -hmm. Like, it was kind of like, what do you mean there's only one God? Or what do you mean that it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, like, and there's no divine feminine? What, What I've really always found to be really interesting about all of this, too, is how much that Catholicism, even throughout the time, had tried to, you know, uh, cover up everything that was witch-like or anything like that. But if you really look at it, at least ethnically in terms of, and I can only speak from my own perspective. Of course. Of being in, like, you know, Latino or anything like that. Within my own Hispanic culture, Catholicism and, and spiritual practices that are not related to Catholicism have always lived side by side. Mm-hmm. So whether you made it look like you were trying to practice Catholicism and you're like, oh, yeah, look at these santitos. I'm going to give them water and all this other stuff. But then you're like, oh, but then I'm also going to bring in some bread and some flowers. I'm going to give some offerings and and I'm going to petition it so that 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 saint can help me out and, and, you know, realize some manifestation of what I'm trying to bring on. Right. Now it's like, oh, okay, now you're not just practicing Catholicism anymore. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like the same faith that says you will have no other gods besides me. Would pray and don't pray to any other gods and saints, etc., or God, whatever, would pray to Saint Anthony if they lost something, would pray to Saint Michael for protection, yeah. would pray to Saint uh, to the Archangel Gabriel to receive good news. Like, you they would, you know, pray to Saint Barbara for whatever. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like you they were trying to have it both ways, mm-hmm. and so. The word witch, I think, on a very personal level, I I think that the word witch has so many negative connotations and because of the Catholic Church. Like, I think the Catholic Church, you know, perpetuated this propaganda and then people just ran with it, especially in a male-dominated world where, you know, kings were like, yeah, there's no room for that. Because you could have a Rasputin. You could have a, a an advisor mm-hmm. who was spiritual. Mm-hmm. Typically male. King Arthur had Merlin, you know, um, the Romanovs had Rasputin, the I mean I could go on and on. So it's like that was more accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, King Arthur is the archetypal king, right? Mm-hmm. And Morgan Le Fay, who was the female was like the villain. And basically. she was just like Merlin. Yeah. Except Merlin worked for the man. And Morgan Le Fay was like, hey, what about the rest of us while you're trying to build this empire? Mm-hmm. You know, clear, you know what side I'm on, obviously. But it was kind <laughs> of like, I'm like, she was like, what about the people? And King Arthur was like, I must defeat this evil woman, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like a story as old as time. And now today, the word witch carries so much negative weight that, you know, I think another reason why we named the podcast another witch podcast was because we wanted to be those people that were like well the word witch empowers us it doesn't scare us and if it doesn't bring you power the least it should do is let you coexist like you can coexist with the witch and not be fearful Mm -hmm. you know because the church would condemn a witch but protect a pedophile so who should you really be afraid of it's it's really difficult as well to understand how somebody can identify as a witch too because of the idea that I have an idea about what witch is for me and I have my own meaning. Now, somebody else referring to me as witch may have their own different meaning about what they perceive as witch being. And I really think that that comes down to 
uh, the the disparity, you know, like the differences between what my concept is and what your concept is. Totally. And that has a whole bunch of other different layers on it, whether it's being influenced by media, being influenced by, uh, you know, your own culture too, you know. You know, for example, like I could tell you right now, Aura, that I'm comfortable labeling myself as a witch in English. <laughs> but in Spanish, you call me brujo, I'd be like, who the fuck you talking to? Because Ooh, that's interesting. Because for me, and that's the way that I see it too, brujería, it has always had the com- the concept of doing really um like Petty dark, dark shit. Dark magic, right. Petty dark Petty shit. Petty dark like, shit. Like, I'm going to piss... That's real. I'm going to piss over this fucking um, underwear that was yours or some shit. And put it, <laughs> it, and put it in, a, in a gravestone or some crazy thing like that. My man said piss on your underwear. <laughs> right. And then, put, and then bury it at somebody's cemetery at the gravestone. And with like I don't know red red chili peppers or some shit. That was and epic. Like, <laughs> there's your ritual of the episode. And there's your the ritual of the episode. <laughs> you pee on the underwear, throw red chili pepper flakes on it, take it to the graveyard. You're welcome, guys. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Oh my god. On that note, who's your favorite witch? My okay. So I let's see. That's really that's really difficult. I don't know if I would have if I could say. That that I have a favorite like TV witch because there's so many that I really enjoy and I can't just pick one. Okay. In terms of real life, rest in peace. Oh. May he rest in peace his soul. Walter Mercado. Yes, Walter Mercado. You win. That's such a good one. He was a pioneer for what mm-hmm. he did with astrology and being able to give that as access to the whole Spanish-speaking community. I agree. And he, you know, he was gender non-conforming in the 80s on television in the Hispanic community, which is still homophobic. Mm-hmm. Like, you have Bad Bunny and all of these reggaeton artists still fighting for equality in the Hispanic community when it comes to um, homosexuality. So what Walter Mercado was doing was, like, groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. He was a, a psychic on television in a predominantly Catholic community wearing a full face of makeup and jewelry and, like, full-blown, like, glossy lips and, like... My grandfather is super Catholic. I mean, just so not about that life. And 100% never missed Walter Mercado. Everybody in my house, too, would get quiet whenever that segment would come out. 100%. Like, he would be like, ah, he's full of shit. But you never missed it, though. Right. He's full of shit, but keep your voice down so I can hear what... I gotta hear I need to hear Aquario. Aquario's coming out. Hold on. Everybody, bring your voices down. Just like the way he would say the names was epic. What I really enjoyed, too, was when they would do, like, the different, like, camera Mm -hmm. changes. Yeah. Where he just like finish the horoscope for you yeah. and then he'd be like Leo yes, and he would just yes! turn, turn oh 45 God. degrees it's so true <laughs> like how many cameras did they have on him like 4 or 5 and he would turn his head and be like are you ready and you'd be like oh, I'm next <laughs> you get so excited I'm a Scorpio a Scorpio I'm yeah. so excited he was legendary he looked like a wizard because he had yes, these big capes totally. sitting on a throne practically yeah. yep 
I mean, so true. it and can't get any more witchy. Not at all. In front of a crystal ball. Oh my god, definitely like the witch of the episode. If we don't have Walter Mercado, it's Walter Mercado <laughs> in every episode. Yeah. The witch of this episode, Walter Mercado. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually one of the um, names that we were thinking about for our podcast. Was you're not Walter Mercado, That's right. <laughs> but we were like, oh, but then people that don't know who he is or aren't a part of the Latin community would like pass right over it. Yes. Yeah. So we actually really so hope too funny. that if you didn't know who Walter Mercado was before this, right, that you would know who he is now. You Google him, you get his image, all these <laughs> other things because you really need to experience this man of who he was for sure. And you and he spoke English. He was Puerto Rican, so yep, you true. can Google him and you can. Go on YouTube, listen to him do his spiel, and be like, oh, my God. Because the thing about him that was so incredible was who he was in the community he was prolific in. Mm -hmm. And what he provided was so juxtaposed. Like, it was like, in a predominantly Catholic world, homophobic, he was gay, he was non-conforming he was mm -hmm. a witch he was in your face with it he did it. a doritos commercial he was so on, good he was on the only <laughs> spanish channel that existed yeah in the right. united states he was on it in during the five o'clock news mm -hmm. giving you a horoscope during the news segment so it was like he was legit as fuck you know it's like it doesn't get much more it doesn't get much more powerful than that, I feel like, in mm -hmm. our community because, you know, but I will, and I, not to be an asshole, but, but I think it's also because he was a man, he was able to break open those doors. God bless him and I appreciate it, but mm -hmm. I don't think a woman would have been able to do that because when he started, women anchors weren't even a real thing. Mm -hmm. Like Barbara Walters was like new when he was new kind of a thing. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, and Barbara Walters was one of the first, if not the first, like, major anchor. So it's kind of like, and I don't think he would have called, considered himself a witch. But that, you know, to touch on that for a moment, like, who calls himself a witch and who doesn't, I think is a personal choice, you know? Because we can say, like, the how we were talking about Celia Cruz before, and how we see her as a witch because of... All for she checked so many boxes for us, but mm -hmm. she may have never called herself that. I mean, you just finished saying that you would call yourself a witch. You would say that you practice witchcraft, but the translation of the word into mm -hmm. your into your mother's tongue yeah. would make you uneasy. Yeah, I don't agree. I don't. I don't. Um, I necessarily identify with it because of of the weight of that connotation that it brings right and especially because it, at least in spanish there's so many other things that you can have as a label and and in english too yeah. truthfully mm -hmm. but like i would i would actually identify myself more as you know uh you know espiritista you know working with spirits and stuff like that mm -hmm. that i would consider myself more within that realm mm -hmm. rather than un brujo right but they're the same Mm, like maybe. a brujo can be a spiritual like I feel like a spiritualist can be labeled as a brujo as a witch but a, like a brujo wouldn't be labeled as a spiritualist unless he practiced with spirits that way does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. so I feel like the witch or the brujo or the bruja or how, whatever language you speak whatever you call it is the umbrella and everything else really falls under it. 
Well, and that's the issue that I think that what we're talking about, too, when it comes to the English way of it, too, mm-hmm. because the which can have a very large umbrella, be a very large umbrella term. Mm-hmm. And you can say that a lot of these other things would fall under it. However, uh, not a lot of people would not everybody would agree with that, because to say, for example, that you're a shaman um, and shaman has like practices that are really close to the earth some of the most probably someone actually like anthropologists would actually say shamanism is one of the oldest ways of practicing right something that's spiritual right they would never call themselves witches witches but the according to the definition as a practice in terms of what we see in like in like dictionaries and stuff you're saying. right okay like i feel like in terms of the practice it's the same and it's just we're calling it different things based on the uh like based on the the individual practice like the regional i feel like the word which is also can be regional so yeah. whereas in the hispanic community the word bruja or brujo or brujeria or whatever may have a stronger negative connotation which i don't actually think so i think witchcraft and brujeria if you're talking to the right christian they're like praying for you and condemning you like immediately you know but <clears throat> there's so many things and i think that's why this is an, a fascinating episode and a topic that i really wanted to uh talk about because somebody basically was trying to tell me that this person that i know who is a shaman who calls themselves a shaman and a um a healer mm-hmm. somebody was trying to sell them to me as a wellness expert and although it makes sense i get what they were trying to say but it's just like you are dumbing down like you're watering down what they actually are and by and you're giving them such a weird because when you talk about the wellness umbrella Mm -hmm. like your yogis live there and you're like you know i mean therapists even therapists live in there personal trainers live in there life coaches are there you know and those people may want nothing to do with the spiritual community at all. Like, they may even be agnostic. They may be... They have may have no religious or faithful practice at all. Mm-hmm. And do... And, you know, be a Pilates instructor. Be a life coach. Be a... Um, you know, even someone who does, like, interior design with a feng shui perspective can be considered a part of the wellness community Mm -hmm. so it's like are they witches too are witches in the wellness community or is wellness in the witch community it's i guess like you like we're talking about it really goes down to who identifies as what and what you can label it as because those definitions as much as we have definitions like in terms of dictionary and all that other stuff it, they, I think they tend to have a lot of components where there's space for you to put in and plug in your own meaning into, into what those things are. A lot, because they're, they're not just definitions, they're concepts. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitions, and definitions are definitions. And when we talk about concepts, it has they're all these flexible. other things. They yeah. Has, yeah, they're super flexible. Yeah, I agree. So I like that. I like that idea. I like that concept, if yeah. you will. And like yeah. we were just talking before, um, and actually, uh, what actually while you were saying that, I was looking up really quick 
this book I remember reading when I was even in high school called Bless Me Ultima. And it's by, uh, let me see that name, by Rulofo Anaya. And it's actually about a grandmother who's taking care of her grandson, I believe. And she's a curandera, mm. a healer who works with ancestors. And she's not a witch in that sense. She doesn't consider herself a witch. In fact, the, the author doesn't ever describe her as such. But if you were to read that novel and see the type of work that she's doing, one could argue that, you know, oh, she's a witch, what she's doing. But she's a curandera in that, in that aspect, a healer. And that's, you know, those are so, those are one of those distinctions. And if, you know, she is just a fictional, a fictional character, so we couldn't necessarily ask Ultima. But if we were to say, Ultima, you know, are you a bruja? Are you a witch? She might say, no, well, you know, I'm a curandera. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, when I, so when I found out that my great grandmother was a, I guess, <laughs> For the sake of conversation, she was a medium. Mm-hmm. So pe- for people to understand what her practice was. Um, when I found out about that, I was I was actually in 2018. And um, that's a story from another time. But when I found out about that, I was like, oh my God, you mean this whole time? Like I come from this like line of witches that my family decided to like kind of bury. Um, so she was a witch. And my aunt corrected me immediately and was like, she never considered herself that like mm-hmm. my great grandmother you could never you weren't calling her a bruja and what she did wasn't brujeria like she was a spiritualist if you will because she worked with spirits right she worked with the other side she would connect people to lost loved ones mm-hmm. and people came to her for that purpose so she never considered herself a witch now here i am all these generations later and in my power in my story i'm a witch mm-hmm. You know, like that's how that's my interpretation. That's my owning my gift and my power. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to allow people to own their magical abilities, how they see fit. If they don't like the word witch, they don't have to. Like years ago, you couldn't call me a witch. It made me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And today, bruja, brujeria, mystic, whatever it is, as long as you're saying it with reverence because I want respect, mm-hmm. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't bother me. So I guess in summary with what this topic is that we're talking about today, I guess we really have to, it really comes down to that. Being able to respect one another and what we call each other. If right. I'm identifying as one thing, then I would prefer that you identify me as that. Exactly. And if you have a different idea about that, um, tough luck. Because right. it's right. my label isn't about you and what mm-hmm. you think of what I am. And what makes you comfortable. Exactly. Right. And I think, you know, I think the gay community has a good handle on how they want, like how individuals want to be identified and respecting them. Mm-hmm. You know, especially the trans community. If right. We go into that aspect, too. Right. Like LGBTQ, IA plus, like it keeps expanding and evolving because there is always going to be another group that's like, what about me? You know, and I think we're here and this podcast is what about us? You know what I mean? And this is a thing of the of the century, right? This is a thing of the times now 
we're we are becoming more enlightened we're becoming more aware of each other of of our individuality even though there's the concept of us being all together in this collectiveness you know all coming from the same source or whatever mm-hmm. that's cool but at the same time that doesn't mean that we have to overshadow what our individuality is and that's the thing that i think our podcast is also trying to help people understand Mm -hmm. as being a modern witch practitioner or being a modern whatever you have to understand that you have your own ways of doing things Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean or diminish you or or make you any lesser than anybody else who does their own other right like if you're wiccan if you practice hoodoo if you practice santeria if you practice voodoo if you practice um you know, there. I mean, we can, the list goes on and on. Lots, yeah. Yeah, so like whatever your practice is, now that starts to become more of a religion. Now you're starting to kind of like dissect the the practice into your own, like whether you do something that's a little more traditional that's existed for a really long time or you're on a new wave like that has um, practices from different cultures or it's up to you. It's up to the individual practitioner. What's important, I think, for muggles <laughs> is that they understand that however you want to see it is your business, but you can't tell the practitioner what they're practicing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened to me this week. Like somebody tried to tell me what my practice was from the outside. They've never sat in circle. We've never discussed it. You know, they had a label for it because that's how they needed to see it for their level of comfort. Ah, bueno. That sounds like a problem. Right. So, um, (laughs) and that actually influenced uh, me wanting to talk about this episode, to talk about the witch in early in our podcast. So there's one thing, though, I do have to say, Aura, that even though we have our own different ways of doing things, too, Mm -hmm. you and I, Mm -hmm. I think we can definitely agree that we are very good devotees or um, very attuned with the energies having to do with the moon. Yeah, I love the moon. That's that's the homie. So I think that we should move on then towards our tower reading for talking about the full moon manifestation and what we should be looking forward to. I like that. Let's do that. We're going to do a reading for you guys now based on what we talked about earlier. The full moon in Taurus being all about uh, stability and financial prosperity and conservatism and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so we're calling it the money moon. You can't Google this. We just made it up. <laughs> we don't want anybody to be like, they said it was the money moon. But technically, I mean, if you have a moon in Taurus and Taurus is a fixed sign and they're stubborn, they're financially conservative. They're not necessarily cheap, but they're responsible with their finances. Mm-hmm. And so you're channeling that type of financial responsibility right now. And so this reading that we're doing, we're going to do a three card spread. We're actually using the Tarot Mucha. Which we're borrowing from our friend Jackie. So thanks, girl. Thanks, Jackie. <laughs> she was at our event on Saturday, so um, she left her cards behind, and now they're mine forever. Just kidding. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> it's a really nice deck, though. I'm really considering getting myself. A yes, yes. It's, it was designed by the artist Lo. Oh, Lo Scarabeo. Scarabeo. That's him. Oh, Scarab. Yeah. 
that just dawned on me. So yeah, last they're like second. a really good Italian publishing company for tarot mm, cards. Fabulous. Okay. Anyway, new deck alert. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Pull the cards. All right. So let's see. First card we have over here. Ooh, the, the Eight of Pentacles. So on point. We're so, so on point. point. <laughs> Ten, yep. Ten yes. of wands also makes, so makes sense, much sense as well. And then the four of wands. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's incredible. So right away, super positive cards. Yeah. Um, the eight of coins is all about working hard, productivity. Mastery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mastering your craft, working really hard, producing, producing, producing. Uh, the Ten of Wands comes in to kind of give a little bit of guidance to make sure that as much as you are producing, mm-hmm. please don't try to overburden yourself yeah. and put so much on your plate. True. We get that you're trying to really get all those money goals out there, mm-hmm. but you do not have to go to the extent of taking on every single project here and there to try to make money right it's kind of like how oprah talks about the multitasker like multitaskers get less done so Mm -hmm. if you have a lot on your plate or like don't bite off more than you can chew is definitely the message of the ten of wands and remember that taurian energy is very good with money and that does not mean that because you are good with money that you have 50 million projects going on right or that that you need all the jobs it means that yeah exactly it means that you're smart with how to make that money and how to produce it right so you're working smarter than harder Mm -hmm. definitely so the ten of wands is like a cautionary tale of like yes this is but it also means you can manage it like you can manage what's on your plate but just cautions not to exceed or overextend yourself too much 100% agree Mm yeah so then our final card in the reading is the four of wands which is absolutely delicious ceremonies foundations card of stability yep creating stability um there's marriages there's unions there's um so it's a very positive so you're creating the stability you're creating this foundation in the most positive way Mm -hmm. it's a very positive card the the people on the card are at a party like it's a celebration and the four wands are actually like almost like a jewish chuppah like it's like people are getting married under there it's a mm-hmm. setup it's a celebration stuff like that so uh, all in all i think the next six days is all about being a little more industrious kind of like crossing your t's dotting your i's putting your ducks in a row, you know, managing your plate, evaluating your plate. Because now consider that the full moon is a full plate, right? Mm -hmm. What is on your plate right now? Mm -hmm. Make sure that what is on your plate is in your highest good and taking you, getting you closer to your manifestation. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And be part and be smart about how you're deciding to be productive and how you're going to, bring about all of those money manifestations coming in because you don't want to tie yourself out because the whole point of this is for you to have that stability that that four of wands brings. Totally. I agree. And I think it's so funny because we pull the cards as we're recording so that it's Mm -hmm. more organic and we have a more uh, natural flow. But these three cards are so on point (laughs) with what we were talking about. Yeah. Like you literally have a pentacle, which is an earth card, which is a Taurus card. Exactly. Right. And then you have the two wands, the 10 and the four, which are their fire cards, but they talk about like the four is about stability and the 10 is about 
managing what all, that stability looks like. Even though it's fire element, it's all very Taurus-like. Right, totally. So that is our... So our final thoughts, I guess, on the reading, if I had to say in preparation for the full moon, you should definitely be looking to secure the bag. Like, mm-hmm. what, what, does it, what does securing the bag look like for you? What does uh, prosperity look like for you? Check a box that bring, elevates your financial stability. Absolutely. I agree. Awesome. All right. Enjoy that, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another Witch Podcast. We love having you. We want to hear from you. DM us. Send us voice messages. What's going on for the holidays? What's How's Mercury Retrograde treating you? Let's talk about it. Let's cuss and discuss. <laughs> Do you have any actual witchy things that you are doing on your own? And we'd love to hear those kinds of things. Give us some insight about what your own practices are and who we are and who you guys are as an audience for us, too. Totally. We want to get to know you. This is all about community. So definitely check us out. Oh, November 12th, we have a full moon circle event. It's going to be in Shore Hills, New Jersey at 518 Melbourne Avenue. <clears throat> you can go to the moon the muse instagram and uh the link is in the bio but also follow us on instagram at another witch podcast we really want to hear from you we're really excited about this the feedback has been amazing the energy is high let's go into this full moon on fire until next time guys see you guys soon